BKFC down in Biloxi. In two weeks, Shevchenko's fighting Roxy. With the fight selections and the fight reflections, this is fighting with myself. Oh, 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 fighting with myself. Oh, 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 yeah. What is going on, everybody? Thank you for joining me for another episode of Fighting With Myself. I'm your host, Juice. Um, I had intended to use a different song every week, uh, or at least not do the same song back-to-back, kind of change it up. But uh, I haven't found anything that I like as much as uh, Dancing With Myself by Billy Idol. Hopefully the Billy Idol estate don't come for me. (laughs) By the way, that brings me to another point. I would like to give a massive shout-out to the UK listeners who have been supporting me. Um, I am based out of America, and um, I didn't really think any of you would be interested, if I'm honest. Um, I didn't think anyone would really want to listen to me. So um, when I pulled up the analytics and I saw that um, I've got some people in the UK, um, uh, as, as well as some people down under, oh my God, I was fucking ecstatic. So... Thank you for anyone who listened, and if you listened, and you're back for the second one, thank you for sticking around. Um, I promise you the quality is going to just keep getting better. Uh, This is something I've thought uh, really hard on for a long time and and wanted to do it right, so I'm going to just keep uh, making it better. This is really a passion project for me. Um, So yeah, let's... uh, Let's get into it. Um, I wanted to just talk real quick about bare knuckle boxing. That seemed to be like the biggest topic uh, as far as fight fights were concerned over the weekend for uh, MMA Twitter or the weekend, as you might say in the UK. Um, yeah, that seemed to be the, the biggest fight. And I'll be honest with you guys. I didn't watch this one because I didn't want to buy the pay-per-view. And I also didn't want to stream it illegally and take revenue away from the company. Um, so, I, I mean, I guess I, since I didn't buy it, that's sort of the same amount of support financially as to stream it. So maybe I could have just done that anyway. But um, I just didn't feel right. And I had a lot of other shit going on, to be honest. It was a really uh, rough weekend for me um, in that regard. So uh, I did watch the highlights, though. How about my man Artem? Dude, I think I said it last week. Um, Anyone who is tired of the Artem goat jokes, I'm never going to stop, dude. And shout out to, um, I think it's BJJ Boy on Twitter, that that, uh, Irish guy that looks like he's got um, Marlon Marais with like a Photoshop cartoon face as the profile. Dude. He was like, can we stop taking the piss out of Artem? Because that was fucking awesome. And I agree. Dude, th- those guys left every bit of themselves in there. And yeah, it was hard to watch at times. Uh, and it looks like they're going to have some some ramifications. But that was fucking incredible, dude. Like, just an absolute display of, of grit. I mean, it, it looked like two, two trained killers sort of throwing caution to the wind and not necessarily using the best defense or technique and just slugging it out. Um, what more could you ask for? I think they really have something. 
with those guys. I mean, obviously they're established names in the MMA community, so it's not like they just, they're like building them up. But I'm just saying, like that's something that are like even like no, there's no loser in that fight. I think Jason Knight stock ro- rose immensely. Uh, I was already a fan of him. Um, I like his sort of like mean, uh, in your face, dirty boxing, but then his grappling, like using like Ten Planet BJJ and um, pulling rubber guard and stuff. I think that's kind of interesting. Like when you have a fighter that's like that nasty, but also does BJJ, it's it it has like a good combination. Uh, he had a really good fight with Chaz Skelly, so I hope he does go back to MMA. But hey, man, the thing with bare knuckle boxing is like I don't personally enjoy it. Uh, just like high level MMA just has everything to me with the different styles blended. Um, I think that's just uh, it's so the the creme de la creme if if I'm honest. But um, I want to support bare knuckle for the sake of giving the fighters another avenue to make more money. Like Beck Rawlings is over there killing it. I mean, with that whole like she's really into the history of it with the full police gazette belt and it's like diamond studded and all that. I mean. That's awesome. Um, shouts to my man Chase Sherman getting it done. It was a good night for like Mississippi, that area of the world, because uh, uh, him and um, Jason and I are both from Mississippi. Um, so I don't want to talk too much about it because, I, like I said, I didn't actually watch it, but or live anyway. I, I watched the replay afterward and I cut the highlights. Um, I mainly just watched the main event, but that was awesome, and I hope that they can uh, continue to thrive. Um, but I didn't want to talk about the next steps for them because going into this, they they, um, they kind of announced like is sort of, I guess it's a little bit of a way to help promote Artem's fight, but it was more so like their own brand off of Artem's name, kind of like symbiotic relationship there. Um, they announced that they signed Pauli Malignaggi. Now... I'll get to this one I talk about because he made some news otherwise as well with Art. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. We're going to get to that in the current events segment. But um, I'm I'm fucking he's I think Pauli Malignaggi is like one of the most annoying people uh, that are in our MMA bubble. I mean, I get if you're a boxing fan, you're like, oh, yeah, he's he's a high level boxer and, and whatever. But I, I get that. But he literally comes in and just uh, shits on MMA and how MMA fighters can't box. And he's like, I don't know, like a jealous ex all the time tweeting about Connor. And we'll get to Connor later on as well and and how I feel about that situation. But dude, just go away. But that said, with the background, I'm here for Artem versus Pauly. With the whole background of Polly being brought in to spar for Connor's um, Mayweather camp and the footage that was leaked because of that. Um, there's so much fucking juicy little tidbits there for promotion that it's too hard to ignore. So I'm here for Artem versus Polly, but I think they made a bit of a mistake announcing, like, oh yeah, Polly wants to make his debut in June and he's going to fight the winner of this fight. Although they pretty much said Artem. I think even if Artem lost, they probably would have given him that fight because that's just too good. But um, of course, you can sell, like, oh, the winner of this fight after the fact. But, like, it's too soon. I mean, Artem got, they went in a fucking war. Artem looked like he was crying blood, dude. So for his health, he doesn't need to fight again in June. 
in two months? Are you kidding me? Like, I'm sure Paulie's ready to go, or maybe, I mean, he's been on the couch for a while, quote unquote. But you got to save that fight, dude. That's why I think they, sh- they shouldn't have booked Artem versus Jason. Like, just... Just say, oh, you know what? Let's give uh, let's give Jason Knight someone else, so he doesn't lose that payday. And Artem, you're gonna fight Paulie in June. Boom! That's what you need. Like, I don't think like the amount I want to see Artem versus Paulie is already at its peak. I didn't need his bare knuckle debut to to get me to another level. Like I'm, I was already there before the fight. I'm, I'm at the same level. It didn't increase it at all. And I think that booking him that close back to back was kind of a mistake. Um, I think that there's so many things that could have gone wrong. He could have gotten injured, which, hey, we might we that might not have even come out come out yet. He he may have you know obviously some broken hands, right? Fighting bare knuckle. Um, that's I'm not saying it's a, a foregone conclusion, but it's a definite possibility. And so there's just um, it, it's a mixed blessing, right? Because you want to see this fight, but you want to see it in proper time. It's sort of like getting Jones DC three on short notice. Like we need to see that fire or, or Khabib Tony. Like we need to see that fight, but we need to see it when both guys have had a proper training camp and, um, that, and it's not being just like thrust on us. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I'm going to, um, that I've given this some thought because like I said before, um, bare knuckle and I had some other shit going on that I couldn't watch as well, but even, you know, thinking about it, I was like, I'm not going to support, but, um, when it comes to the next one, when Artem fights Polly, I think I am going to support that, uh, you know, financially. So <sighs> shout out to those guys. And really that's it as far as like going over fight recap, cause that, that was really the biggest one. And, um, I want to. There's a fucking lot though to talk about news wise as far as potential matchups that are uh, being announced and things like that, and um, other signings and things like that. So I want to break down that. Uh, let's take a quick break and we'll jump right back into some current events. What if I had the fucking Seinfeld theme just dropped in throughout the show? Just. Love it. All right. Thanks for hanging with me, guys. Um, if you're a hardcore, you probably turned it off when I said I didn't actually watch Bare Knuckle. Probably think I'm a filthy casual. You'd be wrong, but that's okay. You can think that. It's a free crunch. Um, let's talk about some current events. Um, that'll be really the bulk of this episode because there's kind of a lot going on. I just want to drop my thoughts out there and um, see what you guys think. Again, I want this to be sort of, uh, you know can have a little bit of a form about it. You know, it's meant to be interactive. Hit me up on Twitter, fucking drop me an email, DM, whatever you want. Um, if you disagree with me, please. Um, that said, I want to talk about, uh, Josh Barnett signing with Bellator. Um, I gotta be honest. I've been waiting for this a long time, dude. Uh, when Josh Barnett finally, um, got his, um, got through his arbitration with USADA, it was proven innocent and asked for his release subsequently granted it i was like come on he's got to sign with bellator i mean he's a huge name was was before john jones was the youngest ufc champion in, in ufc history um you know was in the pride days was a pride champion as well i mean one of the very few guys who considered they were ufc and a pride champion like bellator's the number two and Maybe even better fit for him with the name 
because he can give love to all his sponsors that he's no doubt accrued over the years. And they really, I think Bellator really gets it in terms of entrances and walkouts. And Josh Burnett is the fucking king of that, dude. I mean, look at this past weekend um, in my state of New Jersey. He had his fucking Bloodsport pro wrestling event, which was awesome. I mean, I was totally waiting for him to sign with Bellator. And then when it didn't happen, I was like, wow, maybe he's done. And then he goes on Ariel's show and he's just sort of talking about the pro wrestling event. So I thought it was maybe just trying to plug that and other things. Now, I did see on Twitter beforehand... Because uh, I, I watched the show sort of late. You know, I did see on Twitter beforehand Scott Coker being like, not an April Fool's joke. Welcome to Bellator, uh, Josh Barnett. But I don't know if that was commentary. Like, that could have been anything. Of course, I hoped it was uh, to, for, to fight for them. But you never know. And he goes to the whole interview and I was like, well, shit, maybe it isn't going to happen. Maybe it's just literally talking about the pro wrestling stuff and his uh, various um, fighters that he coaches. And then he pulls out the fucking contract, dude. How gangster is that? Literally, he's like, I want you to believe this, Ariel. So I'm going to fucking... And Ariel had no idea. That was awesome. I mean, that's one of the best signing announcements I've seen in recent uh, years. Usually it's just a tweet or like a video of them signing the contract. But it's kind of lame. I mean, he literally goes on show and does it live. Do it live. So I really hope... um, they make good use of him. I mean, Bellator does this thing where they like to sign big names of the UFC and, and give them a, um immediate title shot, which I kind of get. Because on the one hand, I do like the idea that what fighters have done in other promotions mattered. Like, not, not that you would start over because I like to think of MMA as being a sport rather than, you know, UFC and Bellator separately. Like, I mean, obviously it is you probably would at least agree with that, but I'm just saying like, I don't know. I like to think that their career trajectory being linked via organization to organization. So like when, when Gegard Masasi came over, Roy McDonald came over and they made those guys fight one guy and then a title shot, like that kind of made sense because it's just like they're one away. Um, so in some ways I hope they give him uh, a title shot to really make use out of him. But um, a small part of me would be annoyed as well. But the heavyweight division, I mean, they just had that tournament. And obviously Bader came out on top. Maybe Bader wants to go back down to light heavyweight and defend that belt. But I kind of think that match makes a lot of sense because there's not really any other uh, contenders. Now, Czech Congo should be fighting him. Uh, maybe they do a, a eliminator, but I think Czech Kong already had that deal where that his last fight was supposed to be a title eliminator. So I don't know what they're going to do. Um, you got to be pissed off if you're Czech Congo at this signing, right? Because now you're thinking this guy might come in and steal my fucking shine. Um, but honestly, Josh Barnett's the kind of guy like he's he's sort of at the end of his career. He's done that as far as getting a UFC championship, Pride championship. I'm sure he want the Bellator championship, but I mean, if he just goes over for a couple fun fights, like him versus Fedor, that was supposed to happen in Affliction, and I want to see that fight. I really do, especially like 
I thought Chael had a good chance of beating Fedor. Who's like I thought he may be able to hold him down, and he just wrecked him. And then he fucking well, actually before that, I thought Frank Mir was going to get it done. Like I kept counting Fedor out of that tournament, to be honest with you. And then he fucking wrecked Frank Mir. He wrecked Chael Sonnen, and then he almost looked like he was heading for a repeat performance of the Mitrion for where they get a double knockdown. Um, and uh, like he gets cleaned by Ryan Bader, so. I would like to see Fedor get back on track and fight Josh Barnett. It's going to be probably grapple heavy. Um, so it's not going to, you know, worry about too much of uh, sustaining any brain trauma. Not any, but too much, you know. So I think that that will be really fun. Um, anyone else have any uh, ideas of who Josh Barnett should fight? Definitely hit me up. Let's talk about it. Now, another Bellator matchup that just got announced was Chael Sonnen versus Leota Machida and they're going to headline MSG in June I think and when I heard about this I got immediately excited and immediately disappointed and let me tell you why because Chael Sonnen is legitimately one of my favorite fighters I I'm here for the trash talk I don't give a fuck some people say it's corny it can be but it makes me laugh dude like he gets people engaged and he does play the heel a little bit too much. I'll, I'll give you that. But it, for me, it never gets old. He's the only one willing to, to stick with that and not do something else and like just be kind of like whatever. Like he has his thing. He has his gimmick and he sticks to it. Now on the, on the flip side, I also like Leoto not really wanting to speak a lot of English um, you know, he's half, I think half Japanese, half Brazilian or whatever. He really, um, employs that traditional martial arts background and I fucking love that too. So sign me up for this. Like, why well, I don't know what Chelsea did to promote the fight in terms of like taking some jabs at Machida. I hope that doesn't happen. Uh, I mean too much anyway. Um, but I really hope we, we get something going with that. Although I remember when Chell was, was fighting Fedor he was somewhat complimentary, but then he was like, dude, the whole quiet thing, it's just a gimmick. You're a scumbag like me. We fight in a cage. And I'm like, okay, not that you want to repeat the same thing and that would just give like a fucking broken record, but that approach would work against Machida in my opinion. Um, at least from from my perspective, like I would enjoy it. Like he could do whatever he wants in terms of breaking him down and talking about uh, his fucking karate or whatever. Um, and he has the whole Brazilian thing that he obviously has the background with um, Anderson Silva. So so there's that. But I I really like to see him just be like, you know, who really are you? Kind of a thing, you know. So I'm really excited for that matchup, but I got also disappointed because it's in Madison Square Garden. And let me tell you something. You hear about how great it is. And if you've never been there, you're like, well, why do you hate MSG, dude? It's the most famous arena. It's the most overrated arena of all time. And I'm from New Jersey, or at least I'm living there. I'm actually from the West Coast, but that doesn't matter. I'm living in New Jersey, and everyone thinks like New York is the fucking best. It's not the best. New Jersey is actually the best. And New York is a fucking shithole that they charge way too much for. We've got shitholes down here, but they're cheap. And MSG, way too expensive. The seats are not that good. And they have no fucking options for eating. It's all just like fucking fried chicken and pizza. And that's terrible, dude. The Forum in LA, where Chell fought Tito, 
and fucking Paul Daly knocked out Brennan Ward. They have excellent food options and all the beer and fucking liquor you could enjoy. And guess what? They're owned by the same company. I mean, that is such a mistake if you're Madison Square Garden. And not only this, I have a personal fucking vendetta against Madison Square Garden and I'm petty as shit and I have no problem admitting that. And if you don't have this pettiness within you, you won't understand it and that's fine. You can go to MSG. You can enjoy this fight. You should. It's probably going to be cheaper than a UFC fight, but fuck MSG. Okay, I was supposed to work there and they had a window of when I could do the drug test. Now I got no problem passing a drug test. Yes, I smoke weed all the time, but when I'm looking for a job, I don't, so that I can take a drug test on a dime. But I tried to take the drug test, but my license was expired, and even though that's still a valid proof of you, they won't take an expired license at the fucking lab. So I couldn't take it, and I called them, and I said, hey, I couldn't pass my drug test because of my fucking license, but I have it now, and I'm ready to take it. And they're like, oh, well, we're rescinding the offer. It's past the window. So fuck them. And you may have hated that little rant. Uh, please feel free to fast forward through anything that you don't like. I don't give a shit. Um, but fuck MSG is basically what I'm trying to say. So I love that fight between Chell and, and Lyoto. But fuck you, New York. Now, here's where the show is going to get a little weird. <laughs> it was already pretty weird. We're going to just talk about some slapping. I mean, how fucking... I like to talk about punches and kicks. We're going to talk about some slaps. First up, and this may have been a punch, but I don't even, it's kind of hard to tell with the video, but Angela Magana at Whole Foods with um, Kira Batara. Dude, Angela Magana is already like so, I feel like not respected in the MMA community because of how she handled the cyborg thing. And she does it again, dude. Chatting shit online. Comes up to Kira in fucking Whole Foods and she's like, oh, I heard my opponent's going to be here. And she's like on Snapchat or fucking live or something just filming this video. And and Kira's like, it's so funny. Like she's at like, looks like she's trying to get some bananas or something. Like they're in the produce section. And she turns out, she's like, yeah. She's like, do you know who I am? She's like, you're Angela. She's like, yeah, we're fighting. And then immediately Kira just like gets in her face and quite certain Kira slapped her or punched her. I hope she punched her. I hope she grabbed her hair and fucking just let her know what's up because Angela Magana, stupid. Like, why are you going to, they told me my opponent was here and just fucking going to Whole Foods. You stupid. You cuda. So that is dumb. And like, when is she going to learn? Is she not wanting to fight these people? Like you get paid to fight. Why are you trying to seek out altercations in the streets that cancel your fights? I honestly have no idea what goes through her head. And that's why she's uh, an embarrassment. I said it. She's an embarrassment. Uh, Not that I really care. Give a shit what she does. But But that slap leads me into... Polly slapping Artem. Now, I did open this up by saying I hate Polly. Not hate, but he's annoying. I just want him to go away. Like, I'm not fucking interested in Polly. But like I said, I am here for that fight with Artem. 
And him going up on the fucking media day, getting in his face. He's like, I came here to promote. You came here to threaten me. Don't threaten me in my fucking gym. I'll kick, I'll fucking slap you. And he slaps him. And it was a bitch slap. He did say that. That was a good line. This was like, he annoys me, but this was a good line. when he was like, that was a bitch slap for a bitch. Next time it's a real slap. Like, first of all, it was such a bitch move to be like, don't threaten me. And like, but you're in his face. The whole thing like, I got in your face to promote. So he's being a bitch <laughs> already. And he's calling Artem a bitch. It's like, like you can't, one of you is not a bitch here. And I think it's Artem. I think Artem's not the bitch. Uh, but like I said, it was a good line to say uh, a bitch slap for a bitch, but more like bitch slap from a bitch. That's what I think. Um, and how about Artem with the fucking fire post-fight uh, line in his post-fight interview <laughs> bare knuckle this weekend? Like the guy can't even fucking string a sentence together. They're asking him about the fight. He's like, I let my face do the talking. And he's like fucking out of it. But they're like, what do you think about fighting Polly in June? He's like, Polly is a fucking pussy who plucks his eyebrows. I gonna spark him. Like so good. Um, by the way, I love that people in uh, like the UK or Europe, they say like, they say spark, get sparked or whatever. It's like a knockout. Like I'm going to fucking spark him or whatever. Like, or he would spark me. Like that's just so cool. We don't say that in America. And I want to start fucking using it so i'm gonna say i think uh artem's gonna spark polly how about that um i didn't like polly uh going on fucking mma hour with luke thomas and he was like i'm gonna use his face like a dartboard i'm gonna be in and out all day he's a fucking punching bag with legs dude i think artem can withstand anything his chin i can't it's unbelievable i i, I think he just goes fucking wild and and, and stunts on polly um and Polly's trying to use footwork and then she's get clipped by one of those Russian hammers, baby. That's it. I have a feeling everyone's uh, tuned, tuned out now. Uh, I think everyone canceled. I don't think anyone's listening to my high ramblings about fights. Um, but I did want to get a somewhat serious uh, in, in this moment because it, it seemed like that moment of, of Polly slapping Artem led to one of the ugliest, disgusting, most most disgusting 24 to 48 hours of MMA Twitter there has ever been. And I'm not here for it. So I want to start off by saying I used to be a Conor fan. Well, I kind of still am. I mean, I don't know if I'll ever stop being one because his like meteoric rise and the whole like – Epic five defeating Aldo and when he won the two belts in MSG, like there's no denying the fucking like people say like, Oh, Connor fans are nut huggers and all this shit. And and that's, that can be true, but you gotta, you can't deny he's a fucking beast of a fighter. Uh, as far as what he's accomplished, uh, that said the past year, he's done some fucking filthy things that I'm just like, Connor, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I like that my boy Robbie Fox, my boy, like I fucking know him, but I like this guy Robbie Fox from Bartol's, Bartol, well, Bartol, maybe he's a good name for them, Bartol Sports. Um, 
on his podcast, My Mom's Basement, he he was been the biggest nut nut writer for Connor, uh, making that whole free Connor video and being like executive director of support and stuff like that. Um, he he went on the I like that he went on the record on his podcast saying if the allegations about Connor McGregor being a rapist come, come out true, uh, being a rapist but you know sexually assaulting a woman, uh, going through that whole uh, the whole um, thing in in Dublin in December, um, if that does come to light to be true. I, I'm going to make that same pledge as he's just like, I'm going to fucking renounce my fandom of him. Like that's incorrigible. I, I, I can't sit here and say the same thing. Like I almost talked about Greg Hardy in the first episode. Cause honestly, fuck Greg Hardy. Right. But then I was like, I don't want to even give that a platform. But now I've said like, I can't not talk about Connors, the biggest star in the sport that there ever has been and probably ever will be for a, for a meaningful period of time. And I can't not talk about this. So I have to kind of tie that in to say, like, if you if you are the kind of piece of shit that would do that, like, you lost my respect. And maybe there's, maybe there's a point of coming back from it if he admits it, if he goes through the whole thing and he rehabilitates himself and, and stuff like that. But I'm always going to have that in the back of my head. Like, that was the guy that did that. And so you can't be doing that. You can't be up for those allegations and then tweet something like, your wife is a towel mate, you know, anti-Islamic and all. I just fucking awful but then Khabib and 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 you poke the bear you're gonna get the bear and and so you can't fault Khabib for his response really and so we can sit here and say like he should have taken the high road but what would you do in that situation but that said it did make it worse like from an outside perspective it did keep it going and that was just fucking awful when he said like you are a rapist Uh, you're a hypocrite and all that stuff now I have my own problems with Khabib uh, as far as his uh, ideology and things he says uh, about women and things like that. But I think the, the call, calling his wife a towel is fucking, it, it's just really low. And when you get, when you go low, you're going to get low. Uh, so yeah, I got to give this one to Khabib. Not that I, no, there's no winner. I'm sorry. Take that out. Fuck. It's just awful. And I don't want to talk about it anymore. And I probably there's something maybe else going to come up where we're going to fucking have to talk about it. But dude, I hope not. I'm just saying I don't want to talk about this anymore because it's just getting ugly. It's, it's gone to a point where you're not doing fight promotion anymore. You're just spewing hate. I mean, they are the two biggest stars in the history. Maybe Nate's number three. Maybe maybe Khabib and Nate are tied, but because of the kind of rivalry, but like they are the two biggest names. They headline, co-headline the biggest pay-per-view in UFC history, and Khabib's got the massive following of the of the Russian community and the Muslim community, dude. Like, how can you fucking use your platform for that kind of utter hate? It's just not cool. And so that said, I want to use this platform, which isn't really even really it's more of a step, but I'd like to use this step to say, don't fucking do that. And if Connor keeps continuing down this path, he's going to stop being my favorite fighter because right now I do have three favorite fighters and it's like a three-way tie. And if I had to pick one, it wouldn't be Connor, especially lately. But even before then, I would say my fighter, my favorite fighter is Roxanne Modafferi. Um, that's why I kind of uh, included her in the uh, intro to this episode because I'm really excited for her fight against uh, Antonin Shevchenko. Uh, that's coming up in uh, UFC St. Petersburg uh, next weekend. Like not obviously upcoming is 236, which I broke down last episode, but then the next one after that is going to be uh, the St. Petersburg card. So we're going to do a whole episode dedicated to that. 
uh, I think that deserves its own um, sort of talk about because I also want to do a, a recap of 236. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be fucking epic. Um, so yeah, uh, but I, I love Roxy. Can't wait to do it. So it's fine if I'm not a fan of Connor. I, I have other fighters I can be fucking into, you know? Like, fuck that. I'm not even coherent at this point, but um, I've been having a really tough day, so I needed to do this uh, episode for my mental health. Uh, so thank you for everyone uh, just bearing with me and getting through this. Um, not much of a segue. <laughs> I just brought the episode to a screeching halt, but um, a matchup I'm excited for that not really anyone's talking about because obviously I don't think it has been signed or whatever, but it needs to happen. We need to be talking about it so that the show's interest. I want to talk about Meatball Molly, Molly McCann versus Shayna Dobson. Now I fucking Love me some Meatball Molly. I mean, her fight with Priscilla Cachuera, uh this past couple weekends ago, I mean, it's probably been a, almost a month at this point, UFC London, that was the shit. I mean, she gets her eye fucking, like her orbital's broken, her eye is swelling like an actual fucking meatball. And she's like, you won't toy up me face again? Let's do it. I mean, just the last 50 seconds of that fight, that's one of the best moments of this year so far. And I want like, obviously I want to give her time to recover and, and she got the surgery and everything, but I want to see her as often as possible when she's fully healed, dude. And so when Shana Dobson's like calling her out on Twitter and meatballs responding, like you can bring Jamaica, you can bring Baltimore, you can bring Texas. I only need Liverpool. Like that shit is great. And if you don't think that was a good Liverpool dialect, you're fucking wrong. Well, you might be right. I don't give a shit, but Meatball Molly for Shana Dobson. Shana Dobson isn't the most well-rounded fighter, but she got hands, and she kind of doesn't give a fuck. And that's the kind of fight Molly likes. And with the grappling she showed against Priscilla, because she got submitted by, I think, Jillian Robertson um, in her debut, and she told her coach that she wanted to do 100 days of jiu-jitsu, and that turned into 200 days of jiu-jitsu, and then she fucking almost submitted Cashewar. I think she probably fucking broke her arm in that fight. Like, I don't see how Shayna Dobson really poses a threat to, to Meatball at all, unless she, she kind of catches her with one. But the way the way I saw Molly fight, I'd fucking put her against almost anyone in that division, except Roxy. Let's be very clear about that. Um, Roxy's number one in our hearts. So <laughs> I hope people talk about that fight more. Uh, I hope it gets signed. Let's do it. Um, next up on the agenda is catfishing. Now I put this on here. It's obviously not fight news. It's obviously not anything, but it's it's it was a hot topic in MMA Twitter for like a fucking whole day. It seemed uh, this past week, and I, and I don't even know where it started. I think I think it was like someone catfished G, and of course G talks about everything, and so that was all out of it. And people were like, "Yeah, fuck this guy, dude." And then and then whoever it was was like, "I'm unfollowing anyone who follows G." And then it, we all just rallied behind G. It was like, I didn't even see, <laughs> this is how fucking crazy Twitter is. I didn't even know what was going on. I was like, yeah, fuck catfishing. It's stupid. Put your real face out there. But I don't even know. Like, I have no idea what that was. If someone can really break it down for me, please drop me a line and let me know. Because I have no idea. But I wanted to talk about it because I thought you guys would find it interesting. Because as we're talking about it, you're, you probably know if you're listening 
and I don't, and then you can can tell me. So yeah, there's that catfishing. Like that's one thing I never understood about like Twitter is that like not this isn't necessarily catfishing, but that like over all social media platforms, like Twitter's the most one where people like to just put a random picture instead of them and like not be themselves and like have this whole thing. It's like I want people to know it's me. Like not like a fucking god or whatever, but if I say something stupid or if I say something funny or if I say something vulnerable, I want you to know it's me. So I'm going to put my fucking real face out there. I don't know. It just it just it just never really made sense to me. So so the whole catfishing thing, I like I was like is this news? This has been happening for a long time and everyone was like so surprised about it and and saying like oh these people are the worst, let's kick them off, which yeah, I'm totally sure, but it's just random, you know. Next on the agenda is Bryce Thug Nasty Mitchell. We didn't talk about him enough last episode. Uh, I think I briefly mentioned his his post fight interview. Maybe I didn't. That's fine. I think I did though. I think I did. But his whole campaign to get these fucking camo shorts from Reebok is awesome. Like they're already starting to pull back the curtain a bit and, and branch out into more fighter individuality. But Bryce Mitchell's like, no, I told you I need some camo shorts. He's like, I'm from, I'm from Arkansas, and if you're from Arkansas, you ain't worth the piss. That's what everyone tells me. But I'll, every time you put a mic in front of my face, I'm going to rape Arkansas. And Raybok, I told you I need some camo shorts. I mean, play that clip. That Like, that interview should be his fucking walkout music, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like that's it like you hear that he's so fired up i want to see that guy just fucking i want to see him fight reebok dude that's that's what should happen now they posted <laughs> they posted a clip of the fucking shorts and he's like we're getting there i like that he's like not even like that impressed with it he's like hey you're trying but come to the south and i'll show you what some real camo's about like He's going to let him know, like, I'm not just going to fucking go away that easy. You got to really make an effort here with this camo. So, like, I hope it's a work in progress for them. I hope he gets to fucking get, get wear a fucking full camo gear. Not just the Reebok shorts, dude. I hope he gets to go to the Octagon with fucking full Reebok camo, like, Almost like a fucking like hunting outfit, you know? Like that's him. That's his personality. And I really don't give a shit about people hunting. I think it's a mindless practice, but it matters to him. And he's like, I want to look like I just came out the brush. Like, sure, dude. Live your best life. So yeah, camo, Bryce Mitchell. Let's make it happen. And the last thing I have really is just... Um, Jack Hermanson versus uh, Jacare. Of course, by now you know uh, Jacare was supposed to fight. Will, uh, I almost said Will Romero. Yoel Romero as the main event to headline UFC Fort Lauderdale, and Yoel pulled out. Um, obviously, because of like an injury or something, he's not like whatever. He already 
on the record books beat Jock Ray. Well, that's another topic. But um, he can't fight anyway. He's not cleared to fight, so he had to pull out. Um, Jack Hermanson has been thrown out there to step in to replace. And I wanted to talk about this because we we did talk about Jack Hermanson's nice win over David Branch um, this past weekend uh, or a couple weeks ago. And it sucks for David Branch, too, because – David Branch was campaigning for that Jock Ray fight for a long time. And like now Jack Hermanson steps in and takes it from him basically. Uh because he didn't get to fight Jock Ray. I don't think I think Jared Cannonier stepped up and 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 now like Jake David Branch might be the unluckiest person in that division right now. Because Jack Hermanson gets his nice win off of his name and now is maybe stepping in to fight Jock Ray who's one of the bigger names in that division, obviously in, in close title contention. So, I mean, but like all politics aside, all rankings aside, like that's a fun fight. Uh, like I said, Jack Hermanson is just one of those like in-your-face gritty, tough guys, good striker, good grappling, um, which I didn't really know until I saw him kind of control Talos Ladies a little bit and submit David Branch, who's a legit BJJ black belt. So, like... I don't think you can do that to Jock Ray, though. Like, like yes, David Branch is a Hensel Gracie black belt, but you don't get more jiu-jitsu than Jock Ray in that division. Like, he is jiu-jitsu. Like, that's what he is. He's like the fucking... I mean, he hits hard, too. He's got power. He's a fucking powerful guy, and he's also one of those BJJ guys that can wrestle. So I was, I was going to say he's kind of like the Damian Maya of that division, but not really because Damian Maya it just really is like pulling half guard and, and, and trying to get the takedowns that way. Whereas Jacare will just fucking push forward and, and sometimes get a takedown and then uses jujitsu. So I think that would be a fun fight to see. Although I do favor Jacare heavily in that fight. Um, I think Robert Whitaker was um, really the only one to kind of embarrass him uh, in recent memory. And, yeah, I, I think Jacare would manhandle Jack, but not manhandle like make make him look like he doesn't belong there. But I think he would he would have his his way with him enough to to get a submission probably late, later in the fight. Uh, Jacare has good cardio, although Jack Hermanson, dude, like I said in that Talos Ladies fight, he pushed through a lot of adversity. So you never know; you can never count these guys out, and that's kind of what I think makes this such an interesting matchup. So yeah, I can't really think of anyone else I'd rather see Jacare fight at the moment. Now that like I'm like, oh yeah, he should be number one. Like, Jacare is just as good as he's probably gonna get right now, um, unless they fucking finally. Well, Luke Crockett said he's he's out of that division and he's going to two hundred five, but um, I would have liked to see the the rematch from Strike Force. You know, Jacare versus Luke two, that would have been fun, but. Um, I guess we get to see Luke Rockle get knocked out by Jan Blachowicz, right? <laughs> Hopefully. Fingers crossed. He can make it to the cage. So I guess that's it for me, guys. Uh, I want to thank you again for listening. Um, I don't have a huge listening base right now. Like I said, um, just starting out here. But anyone that is listening uh, that I don't know personally, um, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. You really mean the world to me. And um, please let this be interactive. If there's anything on your mind you want to talk about, drop me an email at fightingwithmyselfpod at gmail.com or hit up the Twitter 
at FWM underscore P-O-D on Twitter, FWM underscore pod. Um, like I said, DM, fucking tweet me, whatever. Um, I put a post, you know, asking for some questions, didn't really get any, so that's why you didn't see those. But um, I'll happily talk about anything anyone wants to talk about. And um, I do want to end on one final note. Um, I don't want to talk about personal shit on this podcast, but I do want to say... Um, depression is a motherfucker and if you know someone that is going through it you reach out don't wait for them to reach out because they can't reach out in the state that they're in you reach out let them know you care about them and you're thinking about them that's what's going to help them and that's it also if you're listening with depression please reach out to someone if you can you know pick yourself up you win the battle from within that's how you do it um yeah guys this was kind of a fucked up episode uh but i needed to make it and um if you listen to this and are willing to listen to my ufc 236 recap that i'll do next week uh god bless you and uh i guess uh see you next week same time same well not really same time i'm gonna release it whenever the fuck i want but same place uh, I'm on uh, Spotify now. Obviously, Anchor is where it all started. Uh, we're on Radio Public. We're on Pocket Casts. We're on uh, Breaker. We're supposed to be on Google Podcasts, but the link doesn't work for some fucking reason. Uh, yeah. Um, let's get this thing going. <laughs>